What do you do when a facelift goes bad? How do you handle the unhappy patient? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Richard Good, Professor of Otolaryngology at Stanford School of Medicine and Chief of Otolaryngology at the Veterans Affairs Palo Alto Healthcare System and author of a recent article about dealing with the unhappy patient, which was published in the May issue of the journal Facial Plastic Surgery Clinics of North America. Dr. Good, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. Well, I guess my first question is what inspired you to write this article? I hope you don't have that many unhappy patients. <laughs> this particular issue was put together by asking several older facial plastic surgeons to discuss this particular problem of the unhappy patient in facial plastic surgery from many aspects, how to avoid picking someone who might be a problem patient, what do you do afterwards in dealing with this, some of the medical legal issues. So because I've been doing this for a while, I was asked if I could contribute to this issue, and that's how I got picked. I had experience which had been in some instances, painfully acquired. Let's dive into some of those questions you just asked. And how do you dampen a patient's expectations, the patient that has a really unrealistic expectation? I mean, you are not a psychologist, a psychiatrist. You are a surgeon. Well, some of this we brought on ourselves with the modern marketing that we do now in the field of plastic surgery. And I just do facial, but the same thing is true for body surgery, a breast, of course, a number of other things that you'll get this very, very positive, oh, we can help you, I'm special, you're special kind of thing, and showing even results on your webpage and uh, that usually are spectacular. You're not going to put one that... Turned out not so good. No, I, I don't know of anybody who's done that. So what happens is, is that the person looks at this, sees this, and comes in with very high expectations. So some of this we have brought on ourselves, but that is the way it is, and it's not going to change, and that will be the way we acquire patients. It used to be you did good work, Word of mouth, oh, Dr. Goods does a nice nose, uh, yeah, go see him. Now it's more than that. It, they may just check out your webpage, see if they like you, and come see you. And, and also word of mouth, too. I don't want to minimize that. But you have that group that you've developed just by the way you've advertised. And then you have those people whose expectations are unrealistic. The person who brings in a picture of Paris Hilton, and right now she looks something like the Wicked Witch in Snow White and wants this transformation that is obvious, that that's not appropriate. And those people you can pick up easy. So there's certain people that are pretty easy to say, I don't like this situation, that's what you want, I don't think I can, I can do. And you don't want to make them feel bad. You want to just say, I can't help you, and, and try and divert them and maybe even send them to a colleague if you think that person... Well, are you just kind of putting the problem in someone else's lap? <laughs> just kind of uh, passing the buck? Well, the joke is you send them, you send them to your worst enemy, right. and, and those patients that you don't feel are good candidates at all, so uh, you're not giving up anything good. You're right. Have you been able to kind of stratify or put patients' personalities in certain types of buckets? Yes, I, I have, and these are generalities, so that if you say someone 
who is the perfectionist, obsessive, compulsive type person. Well, heck, that describes a lot of my surgeon friends. And so I don't want to say that they aren't realistic, but some people who are, they come in and the hair is absolutely perfect and the makeup absolutely perfect and the dress absolutely perfect and they have, uh, you know, again, a real deformity. Now, if they have something you can't see much or you can't help them, that's pretty easy. You'll, you'll say, I, I can't help you. But if they have something you can help, you still have to be careful because they want it perfect. So if you miss by a little bit, but within, you know, within what is reasonably thought to be, hey, that nose looks better, she looks better, that person, I'm saying she, but it's, and that's because most of the patients are women, but it could be a man. There's not a gender issue here. So it better be perfect. It better be, they're used to perfection and, you know, they go and get their hair done. And if Mr. Bruce doesn't do it quite right, they're unhappy. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking with Dr. Richard Good who recently wrote an article appearing in the journal Facial Plastic Surgery Clinics of North America, and the article is called, What Do You Do When a Facelift Goes Bad? What if you have a facelift, Dr. Good, that goes well, but is obviously perceived as bad? That is something that I did discuss in the article, because I've had that happen on more than one occasion, and it is extremely difficult because the patient sees something that, either is such a minor deformity, if you wouldn't, in fact, you may not want to call it a deformity, it's such a minor thing that you're not going to go after it and what you need to do is say, hey, look, that is really not worth the effort to try and fix that. That's not anything. Then you have the one where you're really pleased with the results, and they're unhappy, and because what they had anticipated was slightly different than what you did. Maybe they thought on a facelift they'd be tighter. Maybe on a nose they thought the tip would be narrower. Maybe on whatever, on the neck, they thought that would be tighter. On and on. And so what you have to do is do everything you can to keep them happy, even though you may deep down feel that this is just inappropriate. And you kind of keep them coming back, talking, because one is as time goes by, usually the plastic surgery results on the face get better. They don't get worse. And so the hope is if there's a miniature dent there that it might disappear over time as the scar matures. So first thing is is that you, one, keep them happy. And by that I mean that you're still interested in them, that you're going to work, we're going to work through this, we're going to try and make everything fine. I'm not going to operate on you. We'll keep looking at you. Because what you don't want is for them to walk out and get mad and then either go to other doctors and complain or complain about you to all of their friends. And that's not good for your practice. And the other thing that they can do now with the Internet... Blog about you. Yeah, and in California, they can make an anonymous call to the medical board, which has to follow up on it, saying that this doctor and worried about his skills, and he did this and this and this, and for it to go anywhere, they have to then become not anonymous. But basically, they can do a number of things to make it difficult for you to be a, have a happy day. Historically unhappy Customers of anything tell more people than happy customers. Absolutely, and you know you're going to have them. And what the idea is is to try and eliminate as many potential ones 
before you do them. But as a young doctor, young surgeon, you absolutely want to do them. I'll tell you, you want to do them, and you tend to overlook some of these flags that you've heard about. But no, this no. I think I think we can do it. And and if they do have a defect that you feel you can fix, obviously, then that's even more so. Doctor Good, did you ever have the chance to see the TV show Nip Tuck? I just caught one one of them. I've heard a lot about it. Everything you can think of happens to these plastic surgeons, including death threats. I'm wondering if you or one of your colleagues has had their car destroyed or some sort of really horrific thing happen. We have heard about these, and they have happened. There have been plastic surgeons killed by unhappy patients. It's quite rare. I don't know of any recent ones, again, but that doesn't mean that they haven't happened or, as you point out, injury to either person or car or office. I'm trying to think, no, I've not had a, in plastic surgery, that side, facial plastic surgery, I haven't had a death threat. I've had death threats from other patients, so I do know what a death threat is. And then I have had a patient who I did a procedure on which also entails some nasal surgery inside the nose. And afterwards, he was very unhappy. He thought I had definitely done him worse than he imagined. And I would find on my home, I would find on the front porch a bloody handkerchief with a note that said something like, thinking of you. And that was a little scary because you didn't quite know if this was a serious thing. And when you talk to psychiatrists about that, again, without them interviewing the patient. You know, they say for the most part these are gestures, but then all of us know that they're not infallible, and the gesture it was, certainly was, got my attention, and it continued for length of time. I got little notes with, often with a buddy handkerchief. Can you extrapolate to the rest of medicine from plastic surgery for a moment, and think of what we as, let's say, general practitioners, internists, primary care docs, when we have a patient and we walk in the room and we immediately have a transference where we don't like that patient, our antenna go up and we kind of sense that this is going to be a difficult patient. What is our ethical responsibility as physicians to treat that patient? When you've got a patient who comes to see you with a medical problem and you realize that you don't like them for whatever reason, that they just are not your kind of person, you are placed in this situation where you are a physician. You have this abandonment problem. You know, if they come in, have you accepted them as a patient? But you can tell them, you know, I think someone else would be better for your problem. You can do the same thing I do with the aesthetic surgery. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can help you and see if you can not take them on as a patient. But here again, you may, when you're starting out, want to build your practice, and if you turn everybody away, but you're trying to do it nicely and not imply that you don't like them. When you have the people, the HIV folks, or people with something like that that you maybe don't want to deal with, that's a different problem because they may say, well, I'm being discriminated against. Uh, and I suppose you can have it with minorities, too, if you're not careful that they'll say he doesn't, he doesn't like this particular race because he won't take them. And I can see how you could get a problem with that. So you have to be careful. But I think if you get that vibe and whatever it is, and sometimes it's your staff that will tell you this because when they come to see you, 
they're just, oh, everything's wonderful. Oh, doctor, I've heard so much about you. And then you talk to your front desk person or the nurse, and you said, boy, this guy was really a problem out there. Oh, he was raising heck, fussing at everybody, insulted Jenny. And so I think that you need to check. And when you hear that, I think you try and say, again, here we go, who are you going to send them to? You don't want to send them to your partner because your partner is your partner. So, and they want to come to you. It is difficult, but but I think having been doing this for a while, I I would try and disassociate myself from them. Dr. Richard Good of Stanford School of Medicine, thank you very much for talking with me today. Thank you very much. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. When there, if you register with the promo code RADIO, we'll give you six months free streaming ReachMD you can listen to at home or at work. And you can now reach us by phone with your comments or suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. Thanks for listening.